Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello guys, welcome back to The Treatment Room. I'm your host, Tessa Zali, and I am joined today by a longtime friend and mentor, Michelle Phelan, founder of Concepts Institute of Advanced Aesthetics. This is a school where I have taken most of my outside learning. I've taken probably six or seven classes with Michelle, and I can't recommend her enough. She's joining me today, and we're going to be talking all things light therapy, what it is, how to use it in your treatment room, the benefits, and some misconceptions around light therapy. So without further ado, welcome to the show, Michelle. Yes. Hi, everyone. Good to be back with you, Tess. I'm so glad to be here again and chat with you today about uh, light therapy, one of my favorite topics. Yes, likewise. If you guys haven't listened to Michelle's other episodes, go back and give those a listen because she brings so much value. Michelle, could you tell us before we get started a little bit about yourself and what your background is? Sure, I'd love to. So I have been in this industry for about 34 years now. Um, I started even before there was an esthetician license back in the 80s when there was a cosmetician license only and we were all grandfathered in as estheticians in 1990 with the induction of the esthetician license. So I've been in this industry a really long time. Um, I've taught everything from state board through clinical Sedesco International, and also paramedical aesthetics. Um, I founded Concepts Institute because I believed that, you know, all of us estheticians need more training. We need something um, that is a little bit more advanced than just the basics, especially today. You know, in our very fast-moving community, esthetician community, that we need some really great deep training, whether you're working with um, you know, a spa or a physician or just on your own. So I teach all of the clinical aesthetics phase and half of the paramedical aesthetics together with our medical director, Dr. Bradley Green, uh, for anyone who's interested in you know, working in a physician's office. And I also have my own skincare clinic. Most of my clients have been with me decades, over over 30 years. I've had and owned several spas in the San Francisco Bay Area. I do a lot of writing for trade journals like Skin Inc., Skin Deep, uh, Dermoscope, and other wonderful trade journals uh, such as, as those. If you're interested in any extra reading, you can always go online on our uh, website and uh, download some of the articles. And I also do business consulting for estheticians and nurses and doctors alike, anyone who's looking to open up a spa, maybe add something to their spa, you know, um, tweak it a little bit. I have a business background, so I also work in, in that capacity as well. So yeah, I'm really excited to be here with you today, Tess. <laughs> Yes, you are a legend and an amazing resource. I highly recommend taking Michelle's classes and just getting to know her because she truly wants to help and 
is always uplifting estheticians and and getting us all to the next level. So we're really thankful to have you, Michelle. Let's start off with, okay, a little bit about light therapy. At its core, what is it and what does it do? Yeah, so light therapy, or um, we can call it LED, the um, an acronym LED, which um, basically means light emitting diodes. I think most people have seen LED either, you know, you use it right now, or maybe you've seen it on YouTube or Instagram or something, you know, like that. Um, light therapy is basically utilizing a machine that emits vi- a visible wavelength that is used for healing. And we all know that there are lots of different colors, right? We've got blue, we have red, there's amber, and basically the colors all equal a nanometer, or we could say the length and the strength of that particular wave, which resonates with different uh, chromophores or little color molecules in the skin. It actually resonates depending upon which color you use. And as it enters the skin, it uh, has a reaction with that chromophore. So that, um, for instance, if you're using red, red is going to resonate um, with the mitochondria um, in the deeper tissues, often in the fibroblasts, to help uh, create uh, more collagen elastin, more glycosaminoglycans in the skin. I know there's a lot of research being done just recently um, on exactly how these different colors, you know, slash... um, you know, nanometers work on and in and for the skin. Yes, that's so interesting. And I actually had Richard Maher of Light Stim on the podcast before, but it's so interesting to hear, you know, from your perspective and and just more about light therapy from from another perspective because it seems like a, a pretty complex concept. So this is a good refresher for me and, and just to dive even, even deeper. And, and it is, and it, and it is so confusing for so many people. And because it is a, a newer therapy in skincare, and when I say newer, you know, over the last maybe 10 or uh, possibly even 15 years, uh, but prior to that, it was used in, you know, medicine in Europe, um, most people have heard that um, astronauts, NASA tested LED, different wavelengths, um, in space to uh, you know see what it could do, you know, to help grow plants and and which uh, which wavelength was most effective at doing that. So it's really important to use the um, specific wavelength for what you want to affect. Like for instance, if you want to rejuvenate the tissue and increase energy in the tissue for more mature skin, for anti-aging, then you would want to go probably mostly with red. And red has a nanometer of between about 640 through about 740, give or take. And uh, so, you know, if you wanted to, let's just say, help treat acne, you would most of the time, in most cases, unless it's really, really deep acne, like sebaceous cysts, you would want to go ahead and use blue. 
and blue generally has a nanometer wavelength of about 435 to 500. And what happens when you're using that wavelength is that particular wavelength resonates with a little teeny tiny color molecule in the bacterium itself, in the propionibacterium itself, called porphyrin. And as it resonates with that little color molecule, with that little porphyrin, it does something very interesting when they make contact with each other, is it releases oxygen, actually releases oxygen in that bacteria, in the center of that uh, pimple or pustule. And of course, as most of us know, the propionibacterium in the skin is anaerobic right? It dies at the site of oxygen. So that's a perfect uh, situation. You're creating oxygen within that pustule or within that sebaceous cyst, thereby helping to destroy that bacteria and helping to heal the pustule or the sebaceous cyst. Very good information. Okay. And I think something that's interesting is that, Michelle, you're saying colors are really a certain wavelength. So so talking exactly. about red or blue is really referencing the wavelength. You're exactly right. You're referencing the wavelength. Every wavelength as it's emitted from the modality will show as a different color. You know, it's not just a, a white light that we place a, you know, a cover over the top that happens to be red because white light is made up of all of the different wavelengths, you know, violet all the way through red and everything in between. So we really wouldn't be getting what we need if we did that, but it's actually utilizing just like you say, Tess, a specific wavelength that resonates with these different color molecules in the tissue. And when it does, it creates a reaction in the skin, a very specific reaction in the skin. So it is really important to use the correct wavelength or i.e. color. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, which which sounds simple and, and you're thinking like, why wouldn't you do that? Well, you know, there's there's clients and I've had this experience who, you know, want to address their anti-aging concerns, but they they have active acne. So Michelle, would they be doing something wrong by reaching for red light, for example, when when they have a predominant condition of acne going on. And here's the thing too, with the red, the visible red LED, which ranges from you know about six, I said 640, it's probably more along the lines of 625 to, to 740 as far as the is the wavelength. When you think about that, right, that's a pretty long wavelength. It's the the longest in that spectrum, in the visible spectrum. If you think about the visible spectrum or the colors of the rainbow, you know, you've got violet, blue, green, uh, yellow, a little orange, you've got red until you move into the, the infrared, which infrared really is not something you can see, but it's something you can feel. It is a really long wavelength, but the infrared produces more heat. It's not really considered so much, uh, well, it's not, it could be built into an LED, but um, it's not really considered a visible light. So because the red in general is longer, right, a longer wavelength than the blue, it does pass through the tissue that is infected or affected with um, bacterium or maybe a pustule or sebaceous cyst. So it does help to some degree 
destroy some bacteria in the skin, but it wouldn't be ideal, you know, in most cases. I know manufacturers have done a lot of their own studies on their own modalities, and now um, more researchers are starting to do deeper studies. So when um, a manufacturer does their own studies, you know, they document what they see. And just from talking to a lot of the different companies and doctors and people who use LED and have used LED for a long time, it's been said that, L that red is um, more effective for anti-aging, but it doesn't mean that it can't help acne. It does have the ability to pass through the tissue where acne is located. So there is some reaction you know, on those porphyrins, but it wouldn't be the ideal wavelength. You know, okay. it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, be, be its target so much. Okay, it wouldn't be the most efficient way to, to treat what you wanna treat. Right, it wouldn't okay. be the most effective way. It would be a substitute. Right. I mean, yeah. you could use it if that's if that's what you have. If you have the red LED, I know in my practices and when I teach my students, I let them know if you don't have the, the blue or the green. Yes, uh -huh. you could use amber or red. It kind of at least for me in my clinic and with the doctors, it's more of a weak substitute, but it's still <laughs> better than, you know, it's better okay. than not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And red and amber, I'm sorry, green and amber are colors I don't hear talked about often in light therapy. What would be the benefits of those wavelengths? Yeah. So talking about the wavelengths first, if we just think about the different, so all of these different visible um, wavelengths come naturally from the sun and they've they're, you know, that's just something that's natural and manufacturers have found a way to sort of reproduce this in their machine and in their modality. So we get, we get LED every day when we go outside in the sunlight. If you think about what the sun, you know, emits, it emits some really good wavelengths and then some wavelengths that are not so good for the body. So if you really think about it, the sun emits gamma rays, you know, x-rays, um, which we, of course, use in medicine, ultraviolet radiation, <laughs> which is what some of the tanning beds have, which we don't think of it as being really too healthy. A little bit is fine. A little bit is necessary to help synthesize some of the vitamin D, right, in the body for strong bones or strong muscles. And then the sun also emits as part of the EMS, the electromagnetic spectrum, the visible light. And that's where you've got the blue, the green, the yellow, orange, and red. And then on from there, you've got the infrared. Infrared really doesn't show up as a color. Like the color of the rainbow or all of the visible light. That's the visible light spectrum. But infrared is longer. Infrared is actually a longer wavelength than the visible red. And when you're out in the sun and you feel heat, that's what you're feeling. You're feeling the infrared. And then, of course, we've got microwaves that come from the sun as part of the EMS that we don't use in beauty therapy. And then we have radio waves, which we do. A lot of people do use radio waves, excuse me, that helps to heat. It targets the dermis. It, it helps to heat the dermis and it helps to um, stimulate, right, heat the dermis and stimulate fibroblasts. And we, we know that fibroblasts are cells that reside in the dermis that when activated in certain ways, they then will synthesize collagen, elastin, and glycosaminoglycans, all of the constituents that we want for anti-aging. 
Mm -hmm. Collagen giving the skin its plumpness, elastin giving the skin its elasticity, the the ability to snap back and be firm. And then a constituent called glycosaminoglycans, which helps the skin stay plump, hold on to water. And it is the the reason why the dermis is considered to be more water loving. But I think I might have missed your <laughs> answering your question, your exact no, question, Tess. Yeah, that's okay. No, that was all great information. Okay, I was asking green and amber specifically, how could those be used for a client benefit? Yeah, so I know a lot of manufacturers don't build into their machines that often green and amber because I think a lot of times the the blue can take up for some of the um, the green. Right. And the amber often is a combination of uh, sort of yellow and red. It's that in-between phase of, of both of them. Um, specifically, when you think about like um, a lot of the physicians, they'll use a laser, right, which is, which is different. It's still part of the color spectrum. It still has the same wavelength. It's just more coherent and it's more ablative. But when physicians use a lot of the antihyperpigmentation lasers, that nanometer ranges around 540 to about 560, which actually, if you were to slow it down and look at the color, it would be green. It does tend to resonate with some of the melanosomes in the tissue, which are those little color molecules that when they clump together or when they collace, they create hyperpigmentation on the surface of the skin. So green is really good at helping to scatter color. So if you've got an area that has a lot of solar lentigo or maybe some melasma, I know melasma is tricky because it's often activated by hormones, so it's stubborn. But like with solar lentigo with your sunspots, if you're also using a fading cream or a lightning cream and you're doing treatments with LED and you happen to have that the green LED that is beneficial at helping to break up some of that collaced color. Now, if you don't have green, you can always go with red. And red is longer than green. Red does some of what green does, but green is also really effective uh, for that. And then you also asked um, about the amber, right, Tess? Right, so the amber is, sometimes they, they call it yellow. And yellow does a really good job at resonating with some of the hemoglobin in the blood. So it's great at stimulating the immune system. Maybe if someone had a little infection in the skin or maybe they're healing after a facelift and they want to increase the lymphatic drainage and they want to increase the blood supply to the tissue, the amber, um, or you can say the the yellow-ish, is really good with that for healing for stimulation of lymph, for stimulation of blood flow to that area. Okay, and something you mentioned, which I've always been curious about, is you mentioned melasma. So I'm thinking melasma and heat, those two things don't go together, right? Is mm-hmm. is it okay to use light therapy on somebody who has, you know, pre-existing melasma or who is prone to it? 
That's a really, really good question because a lot of the LED modalities today also utilize infrared, which is a longer wavelength than the red. It usually ranges anywhere from like about 750 all the way to 1400. And mm -hmm. they'll add them to some of the modalities. And infrared is great. Again, it's not one that you see. It doesn't have a real color to it. If you're looking at an, an infrared light and it has a color, they've placed a, um, you know, a cover over it that's actually red because it mostly, you know, just produces heat. So yeah. infrared, if you are using infrared on the skin, you're right. It can create a lot of heat. It could, if it's overdone, overstimulate the tissue and cause um, different types of hyperpigmentation to become worse. So, yes, mm. it, it can. That's the infrared, okay. though. Um, the okay. visible, right, the visible red, which we think of as red LED, which, again, ranges from about 625-ish to about 740-ish. I'm remembering this off the top of my head. Um, don't quote me here doesn't generally stimulate melanocytes. Now it's so, it's such a new, you know, the technology is, as far as being used on the skin is newer than some. So it's, it's hard to tell exactly, you know, if it could or if it would. Yeah. I know though for a fact infrared does because I have had clients that um, sit under infrared, some of the infrared and even radio frequency, and it does actually create more hyperpigmentation because of the heat. Not had okay. that though. I've never had that with the visible okay. red. That's not okay. caused any issues. Okay. Really interesting. I, and this is a little bit of a similar question that might go hand in hand. Maybe it's the same. Somebody from my Instagram audience wanted to ask you, is red light beneficial for perioral dermatitis? That's a good question, too. So perioral dermatitis, peri, you know, meaning around, of course, oral meaning mouth and dermatitis, meaning inflammation of the skin, um, depending upon what has caused it, you know, if it is an allergic reaction, if it's something that maybe the client has eaten, um, not necessarily will the red be beneficial. I generally tend to, if a client comes in and they have an inflammation like that, I generally tend to send them to the, the doctor, the dermatologist, to check out and make sure exactly what's going on. You know, is it a medication that's doing this? Is it an allergic reaction? Like, let's get to the bottom of what the issue is and fix it at that root level. Now, I know if you use, say, blue LED, that's very calming and soothing and germicidal, it probably won't hurt it any further? Would it help it? Maybe, maybe not, but not necessarily. Yeah, but with perioral dermatitis, I would definitely refer that to the doc to make sure, you know, that there's no serious underlying condition. And if it's an allergic reaction to get to the bottom of that and figure out what's causing, you know, that antigen effect. Yeah. Okay. That's a fair answer. Yeah. It's a little bit outside of our scope. So just best to, to refer to right. a derm. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about, I think, probably one of the, the biggest questions around light therapy, Michelle, is how do you, whether you're a client or you're an esthetician looking to bring light therapy into your room, how do you know if something's legit? Do you go by FDA approval? What is your 
kind of advice for for knowing if a treatment will be effective? Yeah, I always like to go through and use modalities that I, you know, that I'm familiar with, that I'm familiar with the company, that I know it's a reputable company, um, that I have a rapport with. So um, I know there's so many modalities out there today on Amazon and eBay and, and whatnot, and some of them are great and some of them are not, <laughs> but, yeah. but to really have, you know, a good idea of the piece of equipment, I prefer to go to a manufacturer that I'm familiar with and sit down and have a conversation with them and mm-hmm. then also have the ability to you know, return the piece of equipment, of course, in a, in a certain time frame, right? If it's not really something that's working for you, um, sometimes the companies will give you a piece of equipment to try it out for a little while, which I think is great. But yeah, mm. I think going to a reputable manufacturer and or getting maybe some feedback from other estheticians or nurses or, or doctors that you work with that have a piece of equipment that they really love, that works really well. Um, and yes, of course, FDA, you know, FDA cleared is important too. You want to make sure that that piece of equipment that you're using is allowed to be used. Okay. Would there be manufacturers you are comfortable, you know, recommending or, or saying, you know, you feel pretty confident about them? Yeah. And some of them that I have used and some of them, uh, estheticians that I teach use. And so I know that they really like their piece of equipment and they, they talk about it a lot and they referred it. And I use and am comfortable with the Illuminate. I know Shelly Hancock sells the Illuminate. Yeah. That piece of equipment seems to work really well for us and a lot of estheticians. I know a lot of estheticians that love their Saluma. Yes. I just hear that, you know, all the time, uh, every yes. LED class, uh, we get a lot of positive feedback. Also, biotherapeutic and mm, light stem. Love them. Yeah. Now I know I there are a lot stem. of other manufacturers out there that I'm sure make phenomenal equipment that I may not be familiar with, but those are the ones that I am familiar with. Um, I've either either used or some of our partners or estheticians that we train use. And they're super happy, and so are their clients. So those are yes. the ones that, uh, again, just come right off the top of my head. Yeah, amazing. I also think one day when trade shows are back, that's a great way to kind of go around to the different manufacturer booths and, and check them out. I had a really good experience with Lightstim and Saluma at the San Jose Skin and Body Show, I believe it was, and and. I just got more comfortable looking at their information and, and testing out some of their devices. So that would be a good thing to do once once it's a normal part of our lives once again. Yeah. And even just calling the company and, and have you know yes. talking to the, the sales reps and the trainers, and you'll get a really good sense of of the training that they give and the information that they give. Um and if you have questions, I always like, especially for newer estheticians, mm-hmm. to be able to call up the company, right, the manufacturer right. that you purchased from, and be able to get some information of maybe something, you know, if you're not sure about something, or you're not sure about a specific program, or how to use the piece of equipment. I know a lot of them come with a tutorial, you can go online, but it's always really good and 
comfortable and you feel confident, you know, when you can go back and actually talk to a live person if you need to, or at least be able to email them. Absolutely. And I think you'll just, you'll get a feeling too, if you feel like somebody's taking their time with you and, and really has a lot of education to offer because it is a big investment and, and you want to feel you have the resources to know about the device and, and that you're not buying something because you feel pressured or, or anything like that. Yes. Yeah. I I think that is really important. And you do get a sense of the different companies when you work with them, you know, if they are willing to take the time and they kind of check up on you and you just know that they care about their company and their equipment and you, and that you're just going to get the best from it. I think that's really important. And I think a lot of the companies out there today are, are doing that. They're more geared towards training. Whereas back in, you know, way back when they made a lot of pieces of equipment, but they maybe did not have the type of training. So today you can learn about these pieces of equipment from the company. Although in my classes, I always take a really, really, really deep dive into each of um, not a, a specific manufacturer so much, but the technology, you know, the overall technology of the machine and then how it works physiologically for the skin and on the skin and all of the other things that you can do as far as, you know, if you're doing an acne treatment or anti-hyperpigmentation treatment or an anti-aging treatment, um, it's not just about that one piece of equipment, but it's about the treatment in general and the client overall. And um, there are lots of variables involved. You know, what is the client Mm -hmm. taking into their system? How are they eating? Are they taking any supplements? What else are they doing for their skin? So, you know, there's lots and lots and lots of pieces of of the puzzle. And it's hard to just take one thing out of context. But yeah, but circling back around, I absolutely agree with you, Tess. It is important to have a great manufacturer to kind of be able to lean back on. Are there certain misconceptions that you believe exist about light therapy? Yeah, I I do see and I do know that a lot of people, um, I I see this on Instagram a lot. And then Mm -hmm. people, estheticians will email me or text me and ask about and ask in class, of course, LED class about using masks and using products and um, using the LED on top of these masks and products. Me personally, and the way I teach, I prefer uh, prefer not to, because mm. even with a gel mask, I prefer not to. And the reason why is if you think about this, if you see light right from the sun go into a swimming pool, right, it kind of refracts even water, right? It refracts the light, <laughs> so mm. it's not going exactly to you know where you think it might go. And the same thing with some of the masks, masks especially with like a mass that has a lot of ingredients or maybe a mass like a clay mass that contains minerals and they're so deflective anyway that they just kind of deflect that light right away from the skin. So I prefer to have the LED, unless the manufacturer says differently, but directly Mm. on the skin as close as you can get to the skin. And usually every inch away from the skin, the LED is, it's 10 times weaker squared. So in other words, uh, an inch away from the skin, it's 10 times weaker than it would be right on the skin. Two inches away from the skin, it's a hundred times weaker. Three inches away from the skin, it's a thousand times weaker and so on and so forth. 
So in most cases, again, unless the manufacturer says differently, you want that piece of equipment right on the skin or as close as you can get it. So that, that's one thing that you want to keep in mind. You know, you want to make sure that when you buy a piece of equipment that it's from a reputable company, that you know that you're getting the wavelength that you're looking for. So you can ask yes. for it by wavelength as opposed to ask for it by color. That when you're treating a specific condition that you have the correct wavelength. Um, I know sometimes estheticians will use green instead of blue for acne. That's actually okay because the green nanometer or the green wavelength, so to speak, is deeper. And of course, we know that sebaceous cysts are deeper than pustules so that you can use the green for acne in a lot of the cases. The nanometers for blue, the blue LED usually ranges from about 435 to 500 and around 450, 460 is usually pretty good. Now, green is between 520 and 565. You can see it's longer, right? So it's deeper. Mm. It penetrates deeper into the skin. It usually targets tissues that are deeper. So for sebaceous cysts, which are deeper <laughs> in the dermal layer of the skin, often green could be more appropriate than blue. Okay. If that makes Very sense. Interesting. Yes. No, I think that's that's great to know. And I love that you touched on the jelly masks not being or or masks in general not being great to use in combo with light therapy. Would there be any other ingredients that I had a question, for example, that said, is it safe to use retinol before light therapy? Are there other ingredients people should be aware of and not do perhaps before or post light therapy? Yeah, good question. So again, if you're thinking about true LED, the wavelengths usually range from about blue-ish through, you know, through red and everything in between. So again, it goes violet and, and not ultraviolet but actual violet it goes violet blue cyan which we don't think about much green yellow orange and red so as far as you know what you don't want to do prior to an led treatment uh there's not too much i would say as far as retin-a the medication retin-a that's probably better yes. to use afterwards rather than before it might be a little too stimulating although i do have a lot of patients who use retin-a at night and come okay. in the next morning and they're fine with it. Usually okay. retinol, the cosmetic or cosmeceutical ingredient retinol generally is fine. Again, unless the manufacturer says differently or the product says differently. I probably wouldn't do anything that was overly stimulating. I might not mm. do a super aggressive peel, right? A really aggressive peel and then come in with LED afterwards especially for someone who's newer and someone who has sensitive skin. Okay. Um, but as far as like, if you think about acne treatments, right? After you do an extraction treatment, it might be a great idea to use the high frequency and then maybe the blue LED. Mm -hmm. um, after okay. you do an anti-hyperpigmentation treatment, if you're familiar with those and you've had training in those, sometimes we add in the green or if you don't have the green, the red to help scatter um, and break up some of that clump together, or we say colitis type of pigmentation. Uh, if you have someone that after maybe a facelift, it's been a few weeks, or their skin is injured, amber, amber would be a good idea. And then for anti-aging, you know, the rejuvenation of the red, 
the red increases circulation. The red helps to um, stimulate fibroblasts and not in a way that it traumatizes the skin, but in a way that it's kind of a transfer of energy. Sometimes the way that I think about it is like if your cell phone battery is dead, what do you have to do? Right? You have to plug in, right? Get more juice in that battery. So if your skin is tired or um, maybe more mature or needs more energy to do all the things that it normally does, utilizing the red LED is a really great transfer of energy from light energy into cellular energy so that mitosis is more effective. So how the cell takes in nutrients and, uh, you know, gets rid of waste is more effective. It's just more effective for cells to be more energized. So red is really great for most skin types, but especially skin that's sluggish, that's a little bit more on the mature side. Um, you can use it as a substitute for you know, certain types of hyperpigmentation. As far as penetrating product, I'd rather use my ultrasonic or I'd rather mm -hmm. use my mm -hmm. microcurrent or another modality to really help penetrate product. Okay. No, those were so many good things that you mentioned. And I think most estheticians structure their facials with a little bit of appeal. It might vary on severity, but that's good to know that you probably wouldn't recommend doing it after something that's, you know, a higher strength peel. Yeah. And if it's a really low strength peel, maybe like a 25% with a pH of three, which is relatively mm -hmm. low rather than, you know, 30% with the pH of one, which is relatively high, then that would be fine if it was lower. Um, but you, and it can be used for all kinds of things. I'll use the blue LED for back acne. Sometimes I'll use my blue LED for people who have folliculitis around the a bikini area. They've got a lot mm -hmm. of ingrown hairs. Now they're starting to use red LED in nanometers between 650 and 670 for hair growth. It's been tested wow. to stimulate, yeah, a cytochrome. It's called cytochrome C. It's an enzyme in the hair follicle that helps with hair growth. So I know my husband wants me to get him one, <laughs> so I'm researching that. Yes, yeah. yeah. For, oh, wow. For okay. hair growth. Um, I know in um, body sculpting and fat reduction, they've also tested something called lipo-LED, I know in certain states, you know, we're not allowed to do body sculpting, but LED, I know in California we can, and you've probably seen they're like pads, they look like pads or plates, and they go over the body and you strap them down, and the range is about 650 to 660 LEDs, you strap them down over the fat pads, and you let them work for about you know, 25 to 30 minutes, you follow the manufacturer's directions. And what it does is it stimulates that little fat cell, it stimulates that little adipocyte, and it creates little teeny tiny holes in the adipocyte itself, and it forces the fat cell to leak fatty acids and glycerols, which is true fat, which is your mm. true fat, and it shrinks down that fat cell. And of course, the fatty acids and glycerols go into the body back to the liver is metabolized and eventually we you know either pee it out or it's redistributed so it's not redistributed i usually have the patients and clients you know work out for maybe 15 minutes or so after 
a treatment or after a procedure to help utilize the fat, to help utilize the fatty acids and glycerols. But nowadays we're finding so many, many different ways, yeah. you know, manufacturers, scientists are for the use of just what we think, you know, LED is just a light. It's right. so much more than just a light. Yes. It seems like, you know, anti-aging and acne are kind of just the tip of the iceberg of what we're finding out light therapy can do. And it, I'm sure in years to come, we're going to see it being used for a lot more things. Absolutely. And I am so surprised at all the time when I go back and do my research, uh, something new that uh, manufacturers, company and scientists are testing with LED and they've got case studies on that it's, you know, it's working for. Uh, we think of, you know, um, a light therapy that works would have to be really ablative, you know, like a laser, really ablative, right, like right. IPL, semi-ablative, not too ablative, but which they actually, by the way, use the same uh, wavelength. It's just that they're, of course, you know, more focused and, uh, well, more ablative. But yeah, LED is is phenomenal. I use it in all of my different treatments in my clinic. Um, I love to teach that class because it's just so multifaceted, right? There's so many things you yes. can do with it and you can add it in. If you have a really good piece of equipment that works well, you can add it into all your different treatments. If they don't have contraindications, <laughs> you got to make sure, you know, your client's not pregnant. They don't have skin issues like scleroderma, um, you know, that they're not epileptic because of the light. Mm -hmm. They don't have mm -hmm. eye problems. Of course, we're going to cover and pad down and protect the eyes. Um, but most people can safely have LED in their treatments. Okay. One of my last questions for you, Michelle, is when yeah. it comes to the estimated length of time it takes for people to start seeing benefits, because I feel like that's just something that comes up in regards to light therapy, because I don't know, it's kind of already something that's a little hard to wrap your head around. Is there any information about, about the length of time until people start to see the benefits? Yeah, it really depends on the strength of the current. So you definitely want to use a professional modality because mm. you can use, um, you know, a non-professional modality and that can take you months and months and months and months. So you want to use a professional modality that, um, you know, the lights are utilizing um, a lot of a power or enough power to really be able to get the job done. If you're entering it into an acne treatment, you might not see the exact results of the LED by themselves because you have a full, you know, full on treatment that you're doing. But what I found right. is using a blue LED with or without, um, you know, if we're doing an acne treatment with an, or without LED, I'll notice with the blue LED, so much more effective. I would mm. say that it's usually about a month or so before you really start to recognize or physiologically have those results, even though you may not know when it's coming about, usually about a month or so. So if you're adding this into your treatment today, you might start to see some of the results in the next couple of weeks. But as far as the blue LED for reduction of redness, sometimes I see that immediately. As soon as they walk out mm. the door, you know, the skin is less red, there's less erythema. But it is okay. definitely a piece of equipment that makes a great add-on and a great adjunct to, to other 
other treatments so that it might not just be a standalone, but it could boost the effects of your other yes. treatments. Yes. And it really seems like a way to elevate the client experience because it is something that's so cutting edge and high tech. It seems like, you know, it's an investment up front, but it seems like you could, you know, make your money back over the course of time while, you know, elevating your, your practice and your business. Absolutely. I know when I started doing acne treatments back in the, the eighties, which of course we've had, you know, so many new um, products and ingredients and machines and things to add to this. But I know we just had the high frequency and most people are probably familiar with the high frequency back in those days. Well, with the addition of the blue LED, wow, it's like night and day of how effective and how efficient, you know, how much faster the skin is able to heal with the, the addition of the blue LED. Now, I know there are lots of other things you have to take into consideration as far as you know diet and extractions and what they're using on their skin. But definitely, absolutely, the blue LED has made my life as an esthetician um, and the client just you know results so much better adding those into the treatments. I believe you. I, I want to come and get a facial with you. Come back it's again, possible. Tess. I'm waiting yes. for you. <laughs> okay. Definitely, I will. Please. Let me we'll see, see it. In real, yeah. in real life and not I just know. on Zoom. <laughs> I know. We'll do it. Thank you so much for, for sharing all of this information, Michelle. We'll we'll have to do it again and maybe talk even even more about light therapy because I feel like there's so much to know and obviously so much that you offer in your classes. But thank you for sharing all that you did with us. Absolutely, yes. And if anyone has any questions, you could always contact me at Concepts Institute. Um, we do add in the LED into lots of our different treatments. Even though we're doing an anti-hyperpigmentation treatment, um, you know, there's the LED alongside that treatment. Even though we're doing an anti-aging treatment, utilizing microcurrent and other modalities and things, there is that red LED in that treatment. So it really does help to boost all of your treatments as long as you have a really good quality piece of equipment and you use it correctly and the clients don't have any you know, contraindications. Amazing. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. Where can everybody find you if they want to take a class with you or, or just learn more about what you offer? Yeah, so you can go to uh, conceptsinstitute.com um, to our website and take a look at some of the classes. You can also join us, if you will, on um, Instagram and Concepts Institute or Educated Estes. There's a, t a team of us there on Educated Estes. Um, yeah, so d definitely yes. either any of those places. And if you have a question, you know, feel free to email me as well or um you can get a hold of me through through the institute, the training facility, and I will be happy to email you back. Yes, I encourage anyone listening to do it and just to really get to know Michelle. She's the nicest person in the world. And oh, somebody thanks. recently <laughs> asked, you know, no, it's true. Somebody recently asked how, you know, I have gotten to know people I consider mentors like you. And really it's through taking your classes and just forming a relationship and, and reaching out. So I would encourage people to do that. 
Yes, and I will be happy to, you know, to answer any questions. I, I'm here. I, I feel that the industry is just moving at lightning speed and there's so much happening and, and going on and things being added mm -hmm. to it. I know I try to always stay on top of everything and want to be on the cutting edge so that when people come in and they take classes, whether they be private classes or group classes, live or Zoom, that you just get, you know, the absolute mm -hmm. best and everything that you hope for and more from each of the classes. Yes, no, that is true. That is, I really think of your classes as like the top tier information out there that you can get. And really, it is like light and day from esthetician school, the the information that Michelle's able to offer is really, really advanced stuff, as you can probably tell from from the way she talks and just how incredible she is as a teacher and, and um, as an esthetician. Thank you so much, Tess. I love to be here with you and, and everyone. And please, um, you know, invite me back anytime. If you have a topic you want to talk about, I would love to do it. <laughs> we'll do it. Thank you so much for joining us, Michelle. And thank you, everybody, for listening. I will talk to you in the next episode.